Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're giving the Orange Bird treatment to Spike the Bee. Yeah, we are. So if you've not listened to our Orange Bird episode, we did a... I keep wanting to call it an expose, but it's not... (laughs) We kind of we really we really go into the nitty gritty and we uh, expose all of his secrets. Yeah, I was to say Orange Bird did nothing bad. Orange Bird's incredible, but we did kind of like a a background history of Orange Bird, and I feel like we caused the resurgence of Orange Bird in the parks <laughs> because before that Orange Bird wasn't really popular, and now he is everywhere <laughs> yeah. and flower and garden and food and wine and everything. So I think we're gonna do the same thing for Spike the Bee. He's starting to come back in the parks. But I think we're next gonna year the bump. it's going to explode. He's getting the enchanted ears bump. It's happening. Yeah. And if you're curious about that Orange Bird uh, episode, I believe it was episode 50. I think it was like right in the yeah, middle. I think uh, it's 50. So, you know, if you just to help you find it, if you you happen to miss that one. Totally. All right. But before we get into Spike the Bee, let's cover Disney news for the week. All right. So let's start with Black Widow's opening weekend. So Black Widow came out on Friday in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access. We actually went out and saw it on Friday in the theaters. It was mm-hmm. interesting to be back in the theater, and it was fun. It was pretty crowded. <laughs> like, Marvel yeah. movies really do put butts in the seats. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really good. It was very weird to not be able to be like, I'm uncomfortable right now. Let me shift and put my feet up. Or Yeah, you were like, I like these at home when I can just pause it and go to the bathroom. Right, like I kind of had to pee and I was like, oh man, like normally I'd just be like, pause this, Joe. But I had to hold it. And then, um, yeah, it was just, it was it was an interesting sensation. Like I wouldn't think that that would bother me, but I like needed, I needed a little bit of like a minute reprieve between some of the scenes and stuff, but it was really good. Yeah, it, it was odd just being back in a theater full of people because we had gone to the movies a few times during the pandemic, but we did the rent out the whole theater. So it was just like a small group of friends or, or just us. So we saw like a few movies, but I mean, not we, with a large group. But we could literally get up and walk around if we wanted exactly, to. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it was weird being confined to a seat because everything was so, I mean, it was packed. We had people all around us. Yeah, it was. It, it was opening night and it was kind of like old times for a Marvel movie. Maybe not as crowded there's usually more people but yeah overall i mean kind of spoiler free synopsis i thought it was a solid movie i was actually kind of surprised by it i really wasn't expecting it to be that good on account it was a movie that kind of takes place in between other movies so you kind of knew black widow wasn't gonna die like you kind of knew what was gonna happen oh man major spoiler so there, there wasn't a ton of necessarily stakes to it from that aspect but i think it was a really solid movie i think it did a good job you know, it, it was nice to see Black Widow have her own movie again. Don't want to get into too much of you know spoilers of what happened, but yeah, I think overall it was solid. I whenever we were finished, I turned to Joe and said, "This is what Captain Marvel wanted to be." Yeah, because it had it, humor. It it had a good story. Right. Where you know it was kind of like I felt like Captain Marvel wanted to be the strike back for for Marvel to um, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, which was fantastic and it just wasn't. It was really flat. But yeah, this movie was really excellent. They made Yelena like kind of a I don't want to say precocious, but she was a like a kind of lighthearted and she said really funny things um kind of has like no filter and she was that was really endearing to her yeah, the, fa- the family dynamic was good i think what this one did better you kind of compared it to captain marvel captain marvel had to be an origin story this one didn't we already knew black widow right. so they didn't have to have that kind of origin set up 
you know, following the superhero tropes, it, it could kind of be its own movie, which I think was solid. But I will say, and what I want to talk about is the opening weekend, the decision to delay this movie paid off for Disney. Yeah. Because it did $80 million at the domestic box office, another $78 million internationally. And then the big number is it did another $60 million on Disney+. And this is really rare that a studio releases video on demand numbers, but it's such a huge number. I think that's why Disney announced it. So overall, opening weekend, it did $215 million, which is basically pre-pandemic numbers. I mean, that is a you know tentpole movie. It definitely delivered. So it really paid off. People went to theaters and people bought it at home. So I kind of think Disney's gonna look at this and you know, Marvel, Kevin Foggy, I don't think really likes the video on demand. But you almost have to look at this and go, this may be a viable model if between uh, domestic box office and video on demand, you're at $140 million. That's a great weekend opening. And Joe brought up a good point. They get all the profit from Disney Plus. They don't have to split it with the theaters. Like, you know, so yeah, that's a yeah, that's $60 million is, is pure profit. So yeah, and I, I think they release it just to kind of, again, show the world that there's nothing like a Marvel movie. <laughs> You know, yeah. to get people to come out in theater. So it'll be interesting to see how that continues over the next couple of weekends because the most recent Fast and the Furious movie, I think opening weekend did 70 million domestically, but it's kind of fallen off since then. It's only done a few million. It really hasn't kind of stayed up there. I think it's, it's over 100 million. It's doing very well internationally, but it'll be interesting to see if this kind of tracks like other Marvel movies and it gets up to 250, 300 million at the box office or. You know, do those video on demand numbers continue? Who knows if Disney will release that, but I think it's doing well. I would not be surprised. Maybe not Shang-Chi, because maybe they're going to want to do one fully in the theaters to see does it do 200 million opening weekend? Like, what's video on demand impact to the box office numbers? But I think if they don't, you may see them trying this again with some other Marvel movies, the dual release, because it, again, they seem to make a lot of money off of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, go check it out. It's a really good movie. Yeah, definitely recommend it. If you want to go to the theater, if you want to get it at home, definitely recommend it. I think it's a solid movie, especially if you're a Marvel fan. Uh, it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so over at Disneyland, they announced that they're going to be having the Oogie Boogie Bash. So their Halloween party over there is going to be happening uh, in select nights, September and October. This is over in DCA. They announced there's going to be uh, treat trails. They do actually have... They called a parade, Frightfully Fun Parade. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's kind of like our first that P word notice of a parade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and trick or treat and photo ops and everything. So no no mention of fireworks. I, I'm not as familiar with the Oogie Boogie Bash. I don't know if they've ever had fireworks over in DCA before, um, but, but no mention of it here. And then tickets are starting at $114. Um, so a little bit cheaper than the Halloween party over at Disney World, yes. which is... Uh, like we talked about, I think upwards of $200 if you want to go on Halloween That's crazy. Which is basically the cost of a ticket for a full day at Disney. A park hopper, nonetheless. Yeah, basically. I think park hoppers are cheaper, honestly. Yeah, one day park gonna, hoppers. No, it, like $200 is like how much they cost at like Christmas. I'm doing a little uh, research for a future podcast there. And actually, since you brought that up, you know, a lot of the news, um, you know, came out this week about some additional perks for deluxe guests and they're uh, out in Disneyland Paris. If you're following that paid fast passes, we're going to touch on that next week because we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into those topics and kind of talk about is Disney getting too expensive? Why is it so expensive? 
maybe what's the plan for some of these things is it seems like it's just becoming upcharge after upcharge. And the Halloween party is a good example of that where we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago. It's less hours, less stuff to do, and it's almost double the cost. So we will touch on some of that stuff um, next week, which you're kind of alluding to ticket mm-hmm. prices there. Exactly. So. Um, but the last thing I want to mention, and this kind of goes into upcharging a bit, is the Jungle Cruise redo is going to be opening at Disneyland. And D23 is offering VIP access to be there on opening day. It's $75 a ticket. You get breakfast. You get uh, an Imagineering panel of the Imagineers that did it. And you get to be one of the first ones on the ride. I said for $75, The Rock better be my skipper. <laughs> that would be amazing, though. I mean, Rock... Emily Blunt. I think there's a good chance because the Jungle Cruise movie is coming out in a couple weeks. I think there's a really solid chance that they're doing this special event for D23 members that one of those two, if not both, are their opening day. I would not be surprised if you had Emily Blunt or The Rock there for this event. I just feel like The Rock is so uh, overbooked. I just cannot, I cannot picture him being able to be there, but... Then again, you know what? He doesn't seem like a guy who says no very much. I mean, it's in California, so they live there, so that helps. It's you got a better chance in California than over in Florida. But what better publicity for a movie that again has been delayed for a year and they're trying yeah. to drum up interest, they're trying to get people to go to the movies. Or I believe that is going to be available for premiere access as well. So you're you're trying to drum up interest. Johnny Depp did this all the time when a Pirates of the Caribbean movie came out that he would be on the ride. I think it makes sense that they could be there. And again, you wouldn't want them just being a skipper for the day because it would, because if you got to figure if the rocks on that boat, you're going to say, I'm going to wait. I'll just keep waiting. Yeah. You know, and so they don't want to make a crazy line. But if you have this event for D23 members, that's a small group. They could show up. He could take some pictures, you know, sign some autographs, maybe go on one boat. You you better stop talking now because you have convinced me now that he's going to be there and that we need to buy tickets. Yeah, I know. Because this might be the one way I can meet Dwayne, Dewey, The Rock Johnson. I think you got a good shot. So yeah, this is going to be July 16th. But but I mentioned this too because they announced this and then like three days later, it's soft opened at Disneyland. And I'm like, how bad do you feel if you're one of those D23 members that paid $75 to be the first person on the ride and then it soft opens beforehand? Now, I will say the ride is not completely done. So all of the new elements aren't in place during this soft opening. So it's not like people going now for the soft opening would get to experience everything new in the attraction. I think it's kind of like over at Disney World, you know, where you can ride the Jungle Cruise, but they're kind of slowly redoing it. Whereas in Disneyland, it's just been closed. But yeah, they announced this big thing that they're going to have a kind of almost like a press release for D23 members. And then it's like, oh, well, it's soft opening if you just happen to be here. So I think they're going to have to do something special for these members. I mean, breakfast and... Uh and yeah, the Imagineering and the, panel, the sound, the panel sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. I, if, if um, you know, our stars show up, I could see them at that panel very, very That's easily. what I'm saying. You, you have a panel. I, I think you could see one or both of them show up. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I have a feeling. I don't know. We'll see if Joe Stradamus has come back out of his hibernation. That's true. I haven't had many predictions lately, so uh, hopefully I do well on this one. So yeah, so that, that wraps up the news for the week. Like I said, we will talk about some of the other news with the paid fast passes over in Paris um, and some of the stuff they're doing over at the deluxe resorts uh, at Disney World next week when we kind of dive in more to kind of the economics of a Disney trip nowadays. Yeah, make, make sure you bring your goggles. <laughs> 
what are you talking about goggles for? <laughs> but we're diving in. So, and, and you too mentioned, you know, we talked about Disneyland. We will be going to Disneyland in a few weeks here. So probably early August, we'll be having our trip recap from there. First time at Avengers Campus. It'll actually be our first time at Pixar Pier as well. So be sure to uh, tune in. If you're not subscribed, subscribe so you get notified for that one. And if you have a question you want us to answer, uh, send it over to us on our website, enchantedears.com slash podcast question. We'll try to answer those on that episode. That is assuming we don't get eaten by a bear at Yosemite. Why'd you have to jinx us? All right. (laughs) All right. So let's jump into the main topic this week. All right. So Spike the Bee, if you have not heard about him before, you're in the right place because you're getting on the train early because again, he's going to the moon. And I promise Goofy's not driving this train. (laughs) We're good. This, yes, this is going to be no disasters on this train here so um, i mean it all ends up well in the end anyway yeah but but spike the bee if you've been to flower and garden recently you've probably seen him a little bit because again he is he's starting to come back into the parks more you know he he's around the flower and garden he's kind of like their like lead pollinator now yeah he's part of the uh pollination nation exploration there you go. Say that five times. Yeah, fast. I was going to say, wow. Um, so you so you may think, oh, who is this character? Is he new? But he actually, and I was surprised by this, he dates back basically to the 40s, to like the original cartoons. And he's actually been around in kind of Disney lore for a long time. He is a character who has had this, you know, Donald Duck from the very beginning has been a character who has it's kind of a foil to Mickey Mouse. And so he has a lot of little foes and Spike the Bee is one of the characters that was kind of pretty much created, it seems, to have little feuds with Donald Duck. Yeah. And when you mentioned this, that he actually dates back to the Donald Duck cartoons, I kind of remembered on the Magical Express, one of the cartoons they showed, and I think this was from a few years ago. I don't think they're really showing these cartoons anymore because I think they're showing the new Mickey Mouse cartoons. But it was uh, Donald Duck, and he was either like at a picnic or he was at a lake or something, and there was a bee chasing him and Pluto and, and causing issues for them. And when he mentioned that, I go, oh, that must have been Spike the Bee, again, dating all the way back to one of these original cartoons. Right, and it, it's a very interesting you know, relationship that they have. It, Spike kind of seems to be, I don't want to say level-headed, but he's never the one who instigates the problem. It's very often, you know, Donald is in his territory or does something to kind of instigate Spike, and then Spike gets really mad at him um, whenever he's getting tormented. So eventually he decides to retaliate by trying to sting Donald Duck. Uh, I respect this because he doesn't really want to go after Donald unless Donald first causes him a problem, much like real bees. I mean, you know, there are some, I'm sure, hot-headed bees out there, but for the most part, they don't want to sting you. So this is exactly what Spike does. And, and if you have not seen Spike the Bee before, if you've not been to the parks recently, he, he is a bee. He's a, he's a cute bee. He has orange limbs, a uh, yellow body with a black stripe. And he's he's really cute. I mean, definitely go look him up because you're going to be buying a ton of his merch, you know, if, if you see him. He definitely looks, um, his look is very reminiscent of Mickey and Minnie because he has that widow's peak, you know, on him and his hair is kind of like a, like a reddish color instead of being, you know, black. Um, so he has, he's very cute and he has almost like a, not dopey, like the character, but kind of a dopey face. Like he's a very cute, innocent expression on his face all the time. So, yeah, I think to your point, he definitely doesn't look menacing. Like he, 
you know, even in the shorts, like he's not necessarily the one attacking Donald. It's more Donald kind of invading his space and he's kind of annoyed and, and, you know, being a bee as bees do kind of buzzing around. It's not like he's like this mean character. Right. And at least this, this particular incarnation of Spike, at least, which we'll get into in a second. You bring up a good point in kind of his current incarnation of it, because throughout time he has changed and there is some like debate whether it has been Spike the Bee the whole time because he's had like various names and designs throughout history. Yeah, he was first designed, you know, again, for those early shorts by Jack Hanna, not the, uh, you know, Jungle not, Jack Hanna, not Jungle Jack Hanna, but Jack Hanna, the animator. He also is is credited for many of the Donald Duck and Chippendale shorts and others. And that makes sense. And again, he's kind of changed his design throughout time, but he has kind of like a Chippendale nose. You mentioned he kind of has like a little bit of a Mickey look. So it makes sense that like some of the original animators, like you can see that they were working on these other characters and he, some of those features kind of made their way into Spike. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, the the person who is actually credited, which is Bill Justice for the character design also helped to design Chippendale. So he looks very much like, you know, they have a very similar look. And then Jimmy McDonald was the the voice and you know he didn't talk but he makes a lot of buzzing noises um as i mentioned like he makes a lot of or as i'm going to mention in a little bit he makes a lot of airplane kind of noises spike appears in around like 14-ish cartoons and again that kind of depends on where you fall on this debate of how long he's been spike the bee and how long he was some of these other characters um you know he's gone by there's been many other names uh buzz buzz the bee barrington claudius hector even um, only one of those have bee in it I don't think Barrington, Claudius, or Hector, I don't know where those came up from. But yeah, I, I like Buzz Buzz the Bee. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where that even name came exactly came from. Because apparently, you know, in the first cartoon that he appears in, Window Cleaners, which happened in 1940, you know, he apparently was called Barrington, Bee, Bar- Barrington the Bee, but it never actually, he's never called that in the cartoon. And um, he looks very, very, very different. Um, he has two yellow stripes, a black bottom. He's way more muscular. He has black arms. And I believe he also had six of them at that point because he's an insect, so he should have six limbs. Um, he had a black head with a yellow mouth. And, you know, there's some other differences as well. So as you move on, you know, I actually watched many of these cartoons because, you know, it's cartoon and it's fun to watch. You know, when you get to that next appearance which is home defense in 1943, he looks the exact same way. So it's not until Pluto's Blue Note, and I I think that there might have been even some cartoons in between that were unavailable for me to watch on YouTube, but um, in 1947, he looks far more like the modern style Spike, but he isn't fully there yet. But whenever you get into the cartoon Inferior Decorator in 1948, he pretty much looks like the Spike that we know and now love. I think you kind of alluded to this earlier where there's this debate on... Is Spike the Bee created in 1948 or was he kind of created back in the 1940s because he looked pretty different and he kind of went under, you know, some of these different aliases throughout the years. And so there's this kind of whole like, you know, back and forth on when was Spike really started. So I think personally that it's the same bee all along. Disney has this tradition of doing this you know think of goofy who was dippy dog at first and he looked nothing like the modern day goofy does but he's still you know credited as being kind of like an early version of goofy and so you know if you kind of follow that logic then spike 
he looks um it looks and sounds a little bit different but he does also make the same plane type noises uh when he's going to sting he likes to flick his stinger it's kind of like this um you know ominous thing that he's going to sting donald and he also seems to think that donald's hind end is a big white target so you know these are all characteristics that are pretty consistent throughout these cartoons so i say i think it's the same b all along yeah and and one interesting thing about goofy like you said he originally was credited as dippy dog he was conceived as kind of like a one-off character in the cartoon and that's why he wasn't you know quote unquote goofy yet and so i think you know early days of disney when they were creating these characters a lot of times they didn't necessarily think of them as long-term characters you know they thought i mean if you think of goofy you know if they considered him a one-off character they really weren't thinking very far ahead you know in a lot of these creations and so to your point i think it goes to show that the character designs weren't necessarily set in stone early on. Mickey Mouse was for sure, but even his style yeah, has kind of changed. he looks a lot different. Yeah, and and you know Donald to an extent, they look kind of similar, but they but they have changed throughout the years. Yeah, with you know with Goofy changing, and you could see it with Spike that they probably came up with a B, and then you know they needed him for a cartoon, and then realized, hey, this is a cool character. Let's kind of keep using him, and he morphs a little bit, you know, throughout the years as he kind of you know then forms into the spike the bee that we know but that's not to say that he's not the same bee the whole time so if you see goofy now in the new cartoons he is not at all really the same character that he has been you know he is in the parks he has a much um more uncouth manner to him he is um you know, a he lot. lives in a swamp in the new Mickey. Yeah, he's cartoons, very, I think. he's yeah. very dopey. Um, you know, very different from even like a Goofy movie. From well, like that, the that's actually what I was going to yeah, say. Is troop. I don't know. I don't think we really asked Kevin Lima, which I kind of would be interested to see what his thought is in them almost setting the character back and making him simpler, um, as opposed to what he was trying to do with Goofy and push him and you know think about him as a fully formed character yeah they're definitely playing goofy more for for laughs now but again it goes to prove your point that these characters continue to change depending on the you know style of cartoon they're doing who's running the the cartoon and the show that even somebody like goofy in the past 15 or 20 years has changed dramatically but yet he's still goofy it's not like a new character or anything like that so you know that we have spike the bee could be the same bee throughout time yeah so you know, there goes our little segment on Goofy there. But if we go back to Spike here, he kind of disappears for a while. I mean, there he's definitely in some other cartoons throughout time. He's going to be back now. We're talking about him. <laughs> but he also has actually appeared in two of the new cartoons as well. He appears in Be Inspired, which is a really cute cartoon. Both of these are really cute that I'm going to talk about. But basically, Minnie's painting Mickey and, Mickey and Spike lands on Mickey. And of course, you know, if a bee lands on you um it makes you nervous and hilarity ensues and then he's also in new shoes which is a hilarious cartoon where basically mickey donald and goofy all switch bodies and have to live a day in each other's shoes that was funny and this is the new mickey mouse cartoons in the style of uh, what they have at mickey minnie's runaway railway now um, mm-hmm. but that that was a very good one I, I love those cartoons because they're like four or five minutes and you right. can just you can watch you know ten of them in an hour and just kind of burn <laughs> through them, and they're great because they're like they're quick and they're snappy. Uh, but that that definitely was one of the uh, the better ones that they've done. It, it, and it's a funny cartoon too because I mean Spike the Bee is not at all in a starring role in that one. You know he kind of just appears and it just 
draws attention to how many characters have been created throughout time just to torment Donald Duck. Um, you know, in the one scene, uh, not to give anything away, but in the one scene, um, one of the characters is Donald and then he has to deal with all the other characters that are there to make Donald's life difficult. And there's quite a few of them that do that. So um, it's it's a really it's a really cool cartoon. So, you know, moving over to the parks now, again, as we've kind of mentioned at the top of the show, Spike has a starring role along with Orange Bird now in the Flower and Garden Festival, and he's kind of gotten more prominent throughout time and you mentioned he's the pollinator uh, ambassador of flower and garden which you know makes sense because bees are pollinators so he's a, a good mascot to have you know as part of the flower and garden they have the spike the bee scavenger hunt map and so you can go around and if you find all of the little um, spikes throughout the different topiaries and areas around epcot you can actually get a set of two plastic plates i know they had i don't know if they had it this year or not but um, you know, they have the orange bird sipper, but they had a spike the bee, like a honey sipper drink with spike on it. He right, is it has a, it's a honey peach freeze inside of it. I kind of wanted to go and get one, but there's so many things when you're in Epcot that you want to try that it's sort of just, it's hard. It's easy to kind of lose sight of things. And also they have a spork, which was a huge hit. It's a re- reusable utensil that people could use throughout the festival. And so that was kind of a fun little thing that they did with him as well. Yeah, I got to say this year, so we went to Flower and Garden two years ago, and there wasn't much in the way of Spike the Bee merchandise. Which makes sense because that was pretty much the first year. I mean, 2018, yeah, maybe the second year where Spike appeared. Yeah, and so this year there were t-shirts and mugs and a lot of things with Spike the Bee on it. They had more with Orange Bird on it too. I will say most of the Orange Bird merchandise was sold out though. The Spike the Bee stuff wasn't. That was definitely easier to get, but but there was a lot more merchandise. They are selling the garden stakes that you can buy them. You found them on the the Shop Disney website of Spike the Bee that they have throughout the topiary. So it seems like Disney's really leaning heavily on Spike and Orange Bird as kind of like a one-two tandem mascot for Flower and Garden going forward. So special thanks to World of Walt's article, The History and Future of Spike the Bee, as well as Disney Fandom's entry for Spike the Bee, and also Disney Food Blog did an article about his return for Flower and Garden. All right, so next time you're at Disney, definitely tell them we want more Spike the Bee. We got to we gotta get Spike the Bee here to be one of the, uh, I don't know, about A-tier characters that might be pushing a little bit but we definitely got to get them up into that like second or third tier of characters we should get them up into the b tier the b tier i like it yeah i mean that was a softball you just threw it right at me you just lobbed it so so i feel like spike the b popularity is going to explode now that we talked about them just like orange bird popularity exploded merch is going to be flying off the shelves next year so definitely hop aboard the enchanted ears spike the b train so I think this is going to be do great things for his career. We're basically his talent agents. All aboard the Spike the Bee train. And if there's any characters that you would like us to promote and uh, you know elevate the status of... The Enchanted Ears PR firm. Exactly. Please let us know over on our Facebook page. And that's Enchanted Ears over on Facebook. So that wraps up this week's episode. I want to thank everybody again for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.